Oh, Merry Christmas, and welcome to Reverse Swirl. Kevin and I will be getting into what Reverse Swirl is very shortly, but if you enjoy this, just know that Kevin and I have done a previous Reverse Swirl episode featuring Casino Royale, which is available for $5 OTP backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl. And that's where you can go for Cinema Swirl and all that good stuff. All right, let's get reverse swirling. Swirl! Oh, I've just opened my advent calendar and I'm not, I don't really know what this is. What's that? What's that meant to be? Is that, is that a shoe? It's episode number two! It's me, boy cow Sam Chaplin, moonwalking backwards through Tinseltown and appreciating all the tinsel because it is Christmas after all. And who am I joined by? Well, D Diddly, it's my OT Piddly, it's Kevin Mann. Kevin, how are you doing? Now, I was going to say it never gets any easier, but look at you now. You're fucking in the groove all of a sudden. This is legitimately, before we recorded, yep. there was a little, oh, let, let's have a pause yeah. to kind of get it all together because there was a, a looming sense of foreboding here. Yep. And Piddly D indeed, this, this went very smoothly. Reverse swirl, Sam, here we are. Back at it again. Well, so listeners may be wondering why I referred to this as episode two. Yeah, mate, what's that all about, Daniel? And not episode 73. And just what I had in the chamber ready to go was, I'm afraid the waves were too strong, sir. He's gone. You mean he's dead in the sea? It's episode 73. I had that ready to go. That was in the chamber. I noticed there are a lot more beats in your rhymes. <laughs> like, there's a turn to a kind of camera. Well, look. Uh, <laughs> listeners at home, I can now reveal to you that thus concludes the written portion of my introduction. <laughs> so now we're very much off piece and things might get dangerous. So what I thought this could have been, though, was that the entire episode was going to be some sort of a long con rhyme for episode 73 like within the rhyme for episode 73 the whole there episode. existed a second ever episode oh. of reverse swirl could you believe it oh imagine if i did that right at the end oh well i have to re-record we, we, the whole thing mate yeah, yeah well, i'll do it in post i'll edit it in <laughs> So, yeah, the reason why I'm calling this episode two is that this is Reverse Swirl, and we have previously done a Reverse Swirl over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. That is patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. <laughs> we reviewed Casino Royale, the Bond film. Now, we're still planning to release that on the main feed. It was going to coincide with the release of the new James Bond, but who knows when that'll be? It will come when it comes. It was meant to be no time to die, but now instead it's... No time to release a movie, says I. Why I? You know, it's going to be a while. And this was one of the first times ever where we at Cinema Swirl had decided we were going to, you know, really tie in. And like, this mm-hmm. is. There was a calendar app involved here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and. Admitting actually the many casualties in Hollywood mm. of the COVID crisis of productions and whatnot. Yes, our plans to release former premium content to a non-paying audience have been scuppered, but you get allusions to that paid content yeah. instead, which is worth its weight in gold, lads. And hey, if you can't wait, 
you can become a $5 OTP backer and get access to that and all of the cinema swill and all that good stuff. You'll have heard me talking about it at the start. You heard it here first. Get access to James Bond 007. No time to die. <laughs> Feature film over a... You've, you said you've got it, though, haven't you? No? I'll be posting some mega upload links on the Patreon, <laughs> and that's all fine. And we absolutely won't be, and that was a joke. There you are now. Yeah, there we are. Thank you. But yeah, so this is episode two of Reverse Swell. What is Reverse Swell? Good question. This is one of those rare occasions where I have seen a film and Kevin hasn't. Say what? I know, right? Record scratch sound effect. This is a Christmas Reverse Swell because Kevin hasn't seen the Christmas movie Elf. What's all that about? Well, funny you should ask, Sam, because it only actually struck me when I found out that this apparently is one of the Christmas movies, What Made Us. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. as a result of that, genuinely, I thought I'd seen this movie. I reckoned I'd had it on at some point, surely, and I'd seen it. Yeah. And then Joe, the intern, was like, and you remember this person's in it, and you remember the, the plot details of anything, and then it occurred to me that no, in fact, I had not seen it, oh. and... Yeah, I don't know why I thought I did. I'd never seen this movie before, and it went by the wayside. Mm. I believed I thought this was like a kids' movie when it came out, so I did. Well, I don't want to give anything away, but I would say it falls into a kind of family category, perhaps, with some what, more risque bits and bobs. Where did this come out? This came out in 2003. Oh, two, okay now, right. It's all explained now, folks, isn't it? <laughs> two, <laughs> 2003, okay, assuming it's around December time, 2003. Whoa, whoa, whoa steady on there, detective man. <laughs> I was just 15. You know what, hey, I can never say a teenage number and not have Ringo Starr go, if you know... What, what I mean. mean. And, oh, God. I'm very grateful 12 doesn't rhyme with that. Anyway, <laughs> I think as a result... And we, we circled the wagons on this issue before on Cinema Swirl. Yeah. Perhaps on Cinema Swirl. But I feel that sometimes you're in that ripe age of rejecting wholesome content. Yes. And I submit to you, my lud, that I was, in fact, quite a surly 15-year-old probably at the time, who probably didn't smell very well either, and as a result, denied myself the saccharine joys of this movie. And I'll tell you what, every single year, people have asked me to watch this movie. Yeah. I've seen it on telly a few times, consciously or otherwise, I have avoided it. And in the last few years, mm -hmm. this is true, there's been a few occasions where we were going to watch it, but ah. Joe the intern, to her credit... Yes, thank you, Joe the intern. ...demanded that we don't watch it because she reckoned it would have made a great reverse swirl. And that was years before there was even a Patreon. Whoa. Whoa. Thank you so much. Yeah, and this was also Joe the intern's idea, this this whole yeah, episode. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. We had something else <laughs> ready for the vote, and it just wa it wasn't as good as this. <laughs> no, our other Christmas plans were really shit, and you'll see them in 2021 when... <laughs> And if you're looking back now going, oh, that was a banger, good on... Like, it's a good thing Joe's done. You'll see quite how good it is in 12 months' time. Yes. When you literally be at war with each other, and I'm saying it now, I'm not taking oh, sides. yeah. No spoilers, not, but... Not uh, taking that's sides. going to be a complicated vote in a year's time. But as we've you learned from 2020, bastards. time goes really quick, so that's not going to be that far away. Yeah, what it was, guys, is that we just thought 2020 had already taken so much from you that we didn't want to put you through that as well in the community. No, I it's too much division, you know. I want something that kind of brings us together, you know. You know, like yeah. tier one, tier two, tier three, 
because this would have otherwise been on a behind a paywall probably now hey kevin you know how i'm the one leading the way because it's the reverse swirl and things are backwards but i'm a horse being led to water will i drink stay tuned to find out yeah but what i'm gonna have to do is ask the horse when am i supposed to do mailbag again is it before we talk about the film or after we've talked about the film well just between <laughs> you and me and the road here now yeah. and don't you be looking horse that's it why did you bring such a curious horse <laughs> 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 With his curious eyes. Genuinely, Sam. Yeah. Despite the fact that we've been doing this podcast for a pr- seven years, thereabouts? There's no hard and fast rule about when it comes in. Honestly, yeah. it, it's it's a real roll of the dice. Sometimes if I feel like the chat about the movie isn't going to be spirited enough, I'll hmm. bring out the mailbag and, you know, nothing gets us going like a big bag. Yeah. So that's kind of sometimes it's used. It's a tactical bag sometimes. Sure. Okay. So it's dealer's choice. It's up to my discretion as to when I bring in the bag. When you're dealing with a bag, there should be no fast and hard rule. All right. Well, with that in mind, let's go have a look in the mailbag. Oh, very good. Yes, welcome. Welcome to the mailbag. I want to say, Sam, you, you did a real good job on that. I like the timing there. Because, uh, you know, I was saying earlier, like, oh, if there hadn't been a bit of that. Yeah, well, yeah, like, th- yeah. There, there was. It was good. And I thought... Well, if you didn't go into it then, though, I mean, there was a small part of me that thought, if you didn't go in there, then when, when is he going to go when in? Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for your help. And here we are in the mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> Looking a fine big bag of cheese as well for reverse swirl. <laughs> Ew, the bag is inside out. Look, just a side note. I really love the energy of this because it, it feels like it's not going to be weird, and then it is just inherently it's so a bit weird. Wrong. It's not. It's okay. It's fine. So, our first message here comes in from Jim. This is not festive just yet. This is just with regards to our previous episode. After watching Robin Hood, what do you think of the fan theory that links that movie to both Zootopia and, believe it or not, The Lion King? Some fans decided that these movies exist in their own alternate universe. What is that alternate universe? Fucking poor. Because <laughs> that immediately is what I think links all those movies. Active communities surrounding them. Well, we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> And that the Lion King, in this alternate universe, started things by the simple act of getting a large carnivore, a lion, to eat insects instead of other prey mammals. This began an age of cooperation between species that continued into Robin Hood's Middle Ages, brackets, still with a lion ruling, still with a lion ruling, before technological discoveries pushed things into the Zootopia age, complete with a lion mayor. Jim asks, is eating bugs the key? No, whoa, whoa! Yeah. You've seen all that and you ain't seen a bug's life. Oh! <laughs> oh, that's my friend Flick over there. He's the inventor ant. You gotta fuck him up the ass like that? Come on! <laughs> Proper spanner in the works there. Yeah. Eating bugs. Oh, what? Because the grasshoppers haven't eaten enough? <laughs> I've been through... This is... It's about the famine. So insane. Where is that from? Is it an English email address again, is it? Dot Britain, is it? <laughs> oh, it has come from Dot Brit. Yeah. Fuck me, Brit. man. I knew it as yeah. well. Oh, the Sorry. flag emojis and all. I should have known. I should have... Right. The Republican in me is obviously was activated first. Sure. But secondarily, the zoologist has come to the forefront now. Dangerous combination. <laughs> imagine if they got the vote now here's a question yeah how in this are we explaining a biological development whereby they can speak and communicate interspecies communication we have that yes but we're all still 
quadrupeds for the most part on all fours, you know, living as animals would. Mm. I'm just saying we're missing a movie, like a Rise of the Planet of the Apes scenario where all of a sudden, like, are you telling me because of that, there's too many questions already, Sam, yeah. that's the problem. Sure. Are you telling me from that, that the Lion King existed and then these are intelligent cooperating animals and they joined together, then they ousted the hated British, including the Sheriff of Nottingham, and they like took all their clothes, like a weird animal farm thing, and they're like, I'm the Sheriff of Nottingham now. And it's all like, weird, like, is that what you're saying? That they became like humans by overthrowing us, by becoming us? I don't know, and I haven't seen Zootopia, so I don't know how that little extra bit at the end factors into it. And I'm also very sorry as well, knowing the audiences, that I might have just come with a very unarousing bit of chat there. <laughs> yeah, don't, <laughs> don't destroy the fantasy. I did, and I realised for certain people that is the absolute fucking dictionary definition of a mood killer what i just did there i brought up zoology i brought up convergent evolution Mm -hmm. yeah i'll stay away from that uh jim in answer to your question is eating bugs the key i would have to say undecided and if anything you've brought up more questions than you have uh helps us a prawn's just a big bug though isn't it yeah and every time I tell someone, they're like, I just won't eat prawns then, I guess. Like, fine. You know? <laughs> All right, I, I have to bring this up now. Okay. And I don't want to be fighting at Christmas. No. All right? No. And I've said it now, and I've said that. We're having a lovely festive time so far. Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll see about that now. All right. <laughs> and I don't want to be fighting at Christmas. No, neither do I. But you brought up Robin Hood there, and it's okay. brought up a lot of feelings and memories there. And the artwork was very interesting for Robin Hood. Oh, thank you. And Sam, I just thought I'd give you an opportunity just to let everyone know about how you maybe arrived at the conclusion of that artwork and the process, yeah, consultations... Sure brackets lack thereof you know okay, yeah, yeah. well i mean so listeners some of you might not know this but each episode has its own little episode artwork where i take maybe a still from the film or the poster or something like that and i put joe the intern's logo take the little heads put them on there move them around photoshop them a bit make you know yeah, yeah, put yeah, us in, yeah, the, in the place yeah. of the characters yeah and each episode has one of those and uh, i think what kevin's bringing up is that i did a great job doing that again for robin hood some people were saying that was their favorite artwork yet yeah no i love this one yeah it is. It should be yeah. a favourite artwork of someone who was an enemy or someone, you know, who thought, oh, good on you for that. And hmm. there's a time and a place to score cheap points on me, and it's not through the medium of artwork. Not word one about... The- my parents think <laughs> I'm doing well. They look on my Twitter, and they they look on my Twitter. And I t- here's one as well, folks. Yep. They're particularly interested in, the, like most people, the visuals. The visuals, yeah, yeah. They will go on there. They will say, oh, there's some nice things you've cooked or baked. They're going to see, no one should see me like that. They think I'm doing well. It's lockdown. They think that I'm a fucking massive fat cartoon bear now. Okay, well, I'm glad you've come out and said it, because I was waiting for you to actually bring up what the issue is here. And You made me look like a fucking gobshite. And also as well, isn't Little he called, John like, is a beloved character little i'm six foot five for fuck's sake yeah well he's a big bear so i put you on the big one he's a big bollocks is what he is sam all right and you're making me look like a big eaches not you know so there was a time where i used to get a little whatsapp and it'd be like here's here's the image and you know what once upon a time it might even be accompanied by a lone question mark following it as if to say is that all right with you? And there's a time when that stopped and it became just assumed that I was on board. And the time, which was last episode 72, <laughs> was when the Mickey was taken. Right. 
Well, and I know it's Christmas. I, I know it's Christmas. So you shouldn't be saying Mickey. And I should. I'm sorry. And you're a good. You're a good bloke, and you're a nice. <laughs> you're a nice guy as well. I don't want to be saying that on Christmas. Okay. <laughs> you're a good bloke. All right. Right. Okay. I hear what you're saying. I take it on board. But why can't I be the fox? Right. Okay. Here's what's happened here. All right. I just there was a part of me that thought that you thought I was at least a little bit sexy, but that's obviously not the case. All that sexual tension from the first seventy-two episodes <laughs> gone. gone, gone, gone. Yeah. First off, you're implying that little John is unsexy, and I take umbrage with that. <laughs> Secondly, right. Here's what's happened here. Okay. Here's what's happened. The perception that you are much taller and bigger than me and I'm a little boy <laughs> in comparison through artwork through cartoons that people have done for us that we commissioned like tone of voice plays a role <laughs> yeah I've got the little voice you've got the big voice everyone thinks that I'm the little one and I'm very small you are taller than me but not by loads no but, no only by a hair or two and so this is the first time that you being the big one and me being the little one has not landed in your favour and it's actually made you look like a bit of a you know, in the spirit of Christmas. I thought it's what you would have wanted. You would have wanted to be the big strong one. When wise King Solomon held aloft... <laughs> when he held aloft the <laughs> walnut whip, and he's like, I'll just take the top off then and eat it normally. And then the true fan was like, don't eat like that, mate. Well, you fucking, you got to make a little shovel out of it, lick it clean. You know, come on, you'll get, it, it's fun. And much like that, I think the only fair, wise thing to do yeah. would there to be an alternate image where... To keep it obviously going, because I am taller, yeah. it's, you make the fox longer <laughs> with my head on it, and then like a small little fecker of a bear, a little bollocks, and you can put and your me. head, your so head on that. So I'm <laughs> stretching out Robin Hood yes. and reducing little John, and I'm being the, the actual little John. I've often been told I'm quite like a long fox, Sam, and I've... <laughs> I feel my time is due. That's all. Okay. Well, you know what? Fair enough. I will make that happen for you. And I'm sure nothing will go wrong in my developing of that image for you. And in keeping with Christmas tradition now, I'm going to go for a long, weird walk. So that if you're driving around at Christmas and you see someone who's all like... You can just think it's about that instead. <laughs> Something's kicked off. Well, thanks for that, Jim, I guess. think Things got a bit heated there, but it is Christmas, keeping it in the tradition. Hey, speaking <laughs> of Christmas, John writes... Well, actually, we've got two messages about this, two separate emails, but some parallel oh, really? thinking. We've got two people. We've got John and Noah both essentially asking us what we think is the perfect Christmas Day breakfast. I imagine for Noah, it would be two of every item from the <laughs> breakfast buffet. Yeah. A very good, a very good. Uh, so we've got Noah saying that he enjoys a fry-up but his dad doesn't want to cook breakfast saying it's too filling before Christmas lunch and John asking us if it should be something traditional like crispy bacon and pancakes with maple syrup I don't think that's traditional but maybe it's an American thing or a portion of tiffin for Sam now Uh... generally generally here's the thing I don't really recall what I've had for any Christmas breakfast ever I know what I've had for Boxing Day breakfast I think the fryer and Christmas time is a great idea Mm? this is the first year I'm in charge of my my own Christmas and not catered to Christmas, not been catered to by my mummy and my daddy. Mm. And I thought long and hard about this, Sam, because I like the allure of a fry, but I yeah. agree with Noah's dad there, hey, which is that I'd be too full after that. Mm. I'm like yourself, I don't typically, like, I might have something very small because the tradition in my family has always been of a starter lunch, of a kind of right. a cold starter lunch that happens around 2 p.m. Bits. Bitten, well, 
have uh, half an avocado, a sliver of smoked salmon, a few uh, prawns, yeah, a small sure, pile sure. of cherry tomatoes, a smear of Mary Rose sauce, that type yeah. of thing. And this year, I'm in an odd position because I think I could easily sleep in until midday on Christmas by mistake and then just yeah. wake up and be like, yawn, time to eat seafood. And I'm going to try and force myself to wake up at like kind of a sociable Christmas hour. I was thinking about maybe, oh, here's one for you. Because yeah. I'm concerned about Christmas digestion, I've been making lots of high fiber oat biscuits and I might have oh, one of those to prep, high prep the fiber landing oat biscuit for later on the day biscuits for breakfast what's next marmalade for dinner yeah I'm Johnny Vaughan from an advert for uh, biscuits well that's what Paddington Bear will be having for his Christmas dinner yeah he would be the freak I'm not even sure if I have Christmas breakfast or if I just kind of wait until bits time until the treeslets or cheeselets come out you know yeah I kind of has this happened with you? <laughs> Even though I'm probably a lot more single-minded at Christmas now, where it is Christmas, I am going to eat an awful lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the more I've become of that mindset, the more calculated I've been, the more I'm less like, I'm just going to go oh, and eat everything. Because the thought now of me cooking a Christmas dinner and me not being able to eat it, or my mum have made a lovely Christmas dinner and me not being too full, that's mm. mortifying to me as an adult. Yeah, I so see what you're I, saying. you got to be a little bit more careful, you know? you got to be, uh, tell you what, anything that could be eaten later on, so, a, you know, a, a croissant or, or a pastry or something, mm. right? That's a good Christmas breakfast. Yeah, I think so. But it's not something I've ever considered a tradition. Maybe like the, you know, right, when you've done your advent calendar and you get the last one. Uh, but yeah. then, then usually it's the 24th is the last one. So, but they do have some on Christmas Day. Just a bar of chocolate. Just a little bar of chocolate. A little bit for of breakfast. chocolate. For breakfast. That's a traditional <laughs> Christmas breakfast for me. And you were going at me for oat biscuits? Get out of here I think now. that's what I've had mostly for my Christmas breakfast. Anyway, thank you for that question, guys. A final question here before we wrap up the mailbag. Uh, also, genuinely, about that question, it made me and Joe, the intern, have to sit down and be like what are you going to do for christmas yeah breakfast? yeah we gotta think about it <laughs> so thank you about that for for helping think about something that needed to be thought about final question here and this is a kind of movie question for you Mo- i love films oh, we love films here over on reverse well hey now so it comes in from jamie who writes which actors would you most like to see play santa in a christmas film and who would make the best grinch concise simple question Good question. Thank you, Jamie. I would say, right, and hear me out on this, because I, th- I think there might be some sort of thing that Santa needs to be a big lad, right? But... Mm-hmm. What, like a Santa with muscles almost, Sam? Well, oh! well yeah. I mean, nowadays, yeah. I'm going to go for J.K. Simmons, right? Now, he's not a, he's, he's not a swell choice, no. but that was where my mind went to, and I googled J.K. Simmons Santa to see if he'd ever dressed up as Santa. He apparently worked as a mall Santa for a bit. He was really? uh, Once upon a time, working in a shopping mall as a Santa. I think he'd make a brilliant Santa. But he's quite hench now. He's all muscly, is J.K. Simmons, or he was at some point. Yeah, I don't know. If you watch Oz, you don't want him as your Santa. Do you not? Yeah. No. No. Also as well, Mm. If you like Spider-Man, you know when him to be your Santa. He's bad well, I, Santa I was in that just case. worried about him being typecast as a baddie. And I oh, wanted him to have a, an opportunity to flex his uh, Santa muscles. What if we had, like, a bad Santa, though, you know? <laughs> Like, uh, the bad Santa. Uh, How about that? Well, in terms of my Grinch, now you'd think I'd go for Nick Cage, because we've gotten everyone for Nick Cage. For oh, that would be good, though. It would be interesting. It would. But I've gone Vinnie Jones, because <laughs> um, the Grinch would steal Christmas, and you would be too scared to ever try and get Christmas back. You'd just accept that Christmas was gone, and you wouldn't 
do anything about Christmas. At and that I point. ain't never coming back. <laughs> I think he'd be a, a different energy from Vinnie Jones, but an interesting one for Christmas time. A proper time. British Christmas. That'd yeah. be stolen in a proper British way. So, hey, thank you so much for all your questions. Into cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. I'm going to tie up the mailbag, pop it to one side, and I'm going to ask you mm. about the film Elf. Mm. Okay? Because I think you've got some knowledge of this. I think you've got enough knowledge of this that you can blag having seen it. That's my suspicion from what you've said about it. Who's in this? Who's in it? Well, I, know, I know it's Will Ferrell is in there. Yeah, 100%. Keep going. Oh, Jesus Who are other stars? I, I don't know. The thing is, right, I watched The like, Invention of Lying the other day. Okay. <laughs> and Eric Andre shows up in it. Oh. And I have this thing where it's like, right, half the people who are like, the comedy names du jour very mm. often found themselves in smaller Hollywood roles. So I'm going to assume, like... Amy Shore, Tina Fey, maybe Amy Adams. Um, cameos from Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller, Rain Wilson. Oh, I feel there's a lot of names now where it's going to be like smaller character okay. actors. Toby Hale maybe might show up in there. Oh. There are all these names kind of around the time. A lot of people from Arrested Development who would have like been, you know, those people who are like. Yeah, t- very 2003. Yeah, little guest roles in there. Yeah. Lots of other things as well. Like the, 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 the glitterati you'd see, the, the Hollywood elites and curb your enthusiasm. Will Ferrell is your only dead cert for who you know is in this. Can you think of anyone else who you know is in this? There is someone who we've seen in a swirl past who is in this. It's a little clue for you. Is it anyone who I reeled off there or did I miss him you missed him there so it's not t- I was Tina Fey I was c- close to saying it was going to be Tina Fey I don't mm. know why I've got that in my head okay but ju- just Farrell is your lock for this Farrell's my lock and the thing is I've pieced together the plot mostly from what I've seen on Primark pyjamas over the past few uh, years okay and that's mainly Farrell I have been living Farrell in a Primark uh, in Piccadilly Gardens for a number of years now and it's a it's a living <laughs> how do you feel about Farrell How are you a Will Farrell fan I really do like him and okay. I think I've never been a mega fan of his. Some people are, aren't they? And some, some people, people really are. are. But that's yeah. the thing is, is that he was associated strongly with a that second era jock humor, like old school, mm. yeah, Anchorman. Yeah. You know, there's a constant. He was in Talladega Nights. You know, there's constantly he was coming out in like movies yes. yeah, that yeah. all the boys in school and being in a boys' school. In our final year, we convinced our English teacher to let us watch Anchorman because it was 2005 and we had Anchorman fever, baby, and she watched it. And she she was with us and she was like this is funny i look back now having been a teacher and think what are you doing <laughs> i showed my levels class the martian and then we did uh. a session afterwards where we decided how we'd survive on mars and do things differently that's how you show a fucking movie at half term yeah anyway <laughs> with will ferrell mm. something i always loved about him and gave him probably my closest like oh he's like a special comedian for me is probably like his George Bush stuff he did at SNL oh yeah okay because it may surprise you that I was an angry young 15 year old who probably got a Michael Moore book that Christmas for yeah. so oh George Bush oh. oh he was rotten and that Tony Blyer I mean, yeah, you know, yeah you, you got him you know it doesn't like you sometime what are you doing there checking out the hedge lies from the BBC is it there you go now you can use that one you know, I was thinking about doing some kind of like your know, culture war Christmas crackers. You can pop those ones in there, like kind of ones that make. Whoa. <laughs> 
But as a result, I always had a soft spot in him because I thought mm. that he parodied him in a way that was kind of like both demeaning and humanizing at the same time. Like I was able to be like, ha ha, silly man. And I'd be like, ha ha, the abuses of the Iraq war. But also I yeah, thought yeah. about it a bit. His production company stuff is probably the things that is like, you know, mm. you know, he shows up in a small role in so many movies. Yeah. And I think Eastbound and Down, where he plays essentially the nature boy, Ric Flair, the legendary professional wrestler. He always shows up in little roles like that, like uh, Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. Yep. Him and that's so fucking... Like, he just shows up in these random things. He knows... I think he knows what's funny and what he finds funny, I find funny. And even yeah. though he's in a lot of mainstream trash, he also pops up enough in the little bits and bobs and is making enough stuff that I always kind of view him generally favorably. I will say the man's very good at shape-shifting public opinion and like kind of staying in the right type of movies to mm. keep his entire fan base happy. I don't think anyone's pissed off with Will Ferrell, from what no. I can tell. Which seems very strange because most people are pissed off with most people these days. And I think we've encountered some of these before. He's one of those safe pairs of hands. Isn't he? Yeah. Reliable, bankable star. My favourite Will Ferrell memory is at the British Comedy Awards that were happening at the same time as Anchorman 2 was releasing. They gave him a sort of Lifetime Achievement Award and everyone was fawning over Will Ferrell and he got a special award there. Were these the Chortle Awards? No, this was like British Comedy Awards. Oh, it was in Jonathan Ross, ITV, big shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Gave him an award, all this kind of stuff. Everyone was, you know, oh my God, Will Ferrell's here. And then Johnny Vegas very bluntly pointed out that they were literally just giving him an award because he happened to be there and so they <laughs> raised this whole thing around like anyway very good stuff but yeah a, a reliable safe pair of hands now in terms of Elf the plot what's happening what's going on who's Will Ferrell playing he's playing an elf he's playing an elf what's that elf doing what's going on with the elf what do you reckon happens here alright Christmas time mm-hmm. toe and wine elf's in the workshop brewing Christmas wine uh, okay. that's what uh, he's, he's working in Santa's workshop I'm figuring yeah for the whole film no no I know there is a thing but he goes into the real world I know okay. that much because okay. I've seen the posters and the trailers of him like walking around that's right New York City New York <laughs> New York New York this city's so nice it's covered in ice and <laughs> I, I also as well because I'm an avid watcher of binging with Babish because uh, yeah. I too like to watch things and then complain at the television and not tweet them about it and he did a one where it was like the thing he made it the food in that and it was okay. like lo- loads of like sweets and stuff in a big pile so I'm assuming it's going to be like childlike innocence of the elf meets real world although He's not little, is he? No. I don't know if it's a case where all the elves are regular sized. You know, they did that when Miz and Paige were in Christmas... Christmas... Christmas movie. Yeah. Me and Joe watched a Christmas Miz movie when we did an episode about the Miz for IT Wrestling. So they were regular sized elves in there. And You've you know, seen the WWE Studios elf-based Christmas movie, no, no, but you've no, not no, seen no. Elf. This, this was WWE loaned... Miz and Paige. Okay. And the best bit about that, I don't know why I'm talking yeah. about it. No, that's all right. The best bit about it is that like the big main kind of final sequence in it where like mm. Miz has to take on Paige to find out who's going to be the head elf mm. and they basically are in center parks. Ah. It's just like Paige is like, you'll never become the top elf and then she just like, kind of goes on a ripcord. It's like, wee! <laughs> <laughs> so Will Ferrell, he's an elf and at some point he's in the real world. We're not sure why he's there or he's what there his because purpose because he's there because of the elven bloodline means that once he leaves the forest he's going to lose his immortality so he's going there to find his one true love and he'll he'll meet them and they'll be like am i dreaming and he's like it's a good dream <laughs> i'm will ferrell wacka wacka 
That's okay. what I think is going to happen. Yeah, interesting guess. I won't give anything away. Have you had people clamouring at you to watch Elf? You've mentioned a little bit about that. I have had people clamouring, but yeah. most of those people clamouring have also then been like very good to unclamour themselves because right. it usually happens once or twice a year where Joe will remember this movie and they'll be like, oh, I should do it. And then, you know. And then you remember that you... Yeah, so that's happened a lot. And then it, it, very often in groups of people, it has come up around Christmas time mm. and all that. So I think it's probably the Christmas movie I have heard people talk about the most. Yeah. Kevin, it made us. It's it one made of the ones us. That made us. One of two. And I <laughs> I honestly, I don't know if it's just all like, oh, I was a misery guts teenager, so I didn't want to watch it. Because my best mate back home, Paddy, fucking mm. loves Elf. You yeah. know, we watch no shortage of fucking Will Ferrell movies together in university. Yeah. And yet I remember specifically being asked to and then going, nah. You know what? I think it may have been put on once and I fell asleep or something uh, like that. Oh, yeah. That's one of those classic Sam Chaplin excuses for <laughs> not having seen it. <laughs> but it's the thing, when you're going into Christmas time here because like I've technically oh, it's easy seen, to fall asleep in front of a Christmas film it is I thought I'd seen both parts of Paddington no I saw like kind of the first half of one and the second half of another I didn't yeah, realise yeah. that they were double billing them <laughs> okay anything else you have absorbed about this from pop culture do you know who directed this no clue no, no no nothing no 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 idea and honestly I give two fucking shits about directors <laughs> if you go back to any episode of Cinema Thrower I'm like and directed by that was a hard Wikipedia job I'll let you know who directed it later on but all right well i'm delighted to be able to oh oh no here he comes here he comes i think as well yeah given that it's 2003 while i don't think it will have dodgy stuff in it yeah i do think it might have an interpretation of christmas values that might be at odds with the 2020 worldview i think you're not a million miles away by being cautious about potentially dodgy stuff, perhaps, at some point. I say that as well, being very excited about all the toys that have been bought for me and I've bought from <laughs> other people this year. Because <laughs> I like Christmas. So, Kevin, I'm delighted to be able to shortly unburden you of the thing where you're not allowed to watch Elf. And I'm going to say to you, Ooh. right now, on Reverse Swirl, let's go do a Reverse Swirl. Yeah! <laughs> We've just watched Elf. What were your initial gut reactions to the Will Ferrell comedy Christmas movie, Elf? Yeah! Okay, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. See, now you're speaking my language. (laughs) Now we're on the same wavelength. Okay. There's a couple of factors that were of asterisk-worthy note, I think, in this. Yeah. Because, number one, it was obviously Christmas time, and quite close to Christmas time. Mm-hmm. This is the last movie I have to watch for a podcast before I can watch movies for Christmas, you know? So it had a special kind of end-of-term feel going to it. So it got a buff from that. Right. The other side was that I'm doing Christmas for the first time ever, not at home this year. And I was expecting a big order of special Christmas sausages that I've gotten. All sorts. Savaloy. Lorne, represented, Cumberland, <laughs> Chipotle, all of them are here. <laughs> and as a result, <laughs> there was an element of me that had an eye 
not affixed oh. to my phone, but when I was taking my notes, mm. I did have my phone also rested on my lap right. in case, and I had all other notifications turned off, mind. So if I did get anything, and nothing happened. But you should say that also was kind of Christmassy as well a little bit. She pointed out to me earlier. Yeah. You know, it is a little bit because like, <laughs> the goose is coming. Come on now. The traditional Christmas feeling of all oh, the sausages might come any minute. I'm going to get that sausage text. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, look, Christmas, much like the sausage text, comes mm. but once a year, does, Sam, yeah. and you got to be ready for that sausage text. You don't want to let that ST go over your head, you know? So your initial gut reactions to Elf were, were positive. You're feeling good. First five to ten minutes, there was an element of me that thought, uh-oh, you might actually be out of a Christmas headspace for this. And by Act Two's beginning, I was very much firmly with it, and by the end, it had dusted off Christmas residue on me, which I believe may be magic. Fantastic. So, hey, we open with the voice of Mr. Bob Newhart, who, I don't know about you, I know Bob Newhart from, I think, Bob Newhart being on The Simpsons playing Bob Newhart, or at least someone who could do a serviceable (laughs) Bob Newhart impression. I think he was, like, comparing a funeral or something, and just doing that kind of, you know, mumbly, repeating himself kind of stuff. But he's he's got a lovely, soft voice, has Bob Newhart. He does. He's got a very deliverable voice. Mm. You ever eat something and it just slips down, kind of, you know, Oh, I could eat an infinite amount of these creps. Yeah. Well, it feels like that with his voice. I feel I could listen to a several hour long podcast with him at the helm. Oh, if he hasn't started a podcast, he's missing an absolute trick. Come on now. Yeah. Now, hey, we're in the North Pole. Santa's workshop, we're here with all these little elves. I found out that one of these elves is played by the little boy from A Christmas Story, a film that neither of us know about nor care about. No, that's true. But he's there. So if we miss that he's there, people go, oh, did you know that it's him? Yeah, but I don't know who he is. In the true Christmas spirit, I really tried not to care about noticing people because I realised quite early on that I had done quite a scattergun approach to the guests who might be in this movie and named half of Hollywood. (laughs) And between that list and the list of actual people who are in this, I am feeling quite overwhelmed at the moment. And and it's it's Christmas Day, if you're listening to it on Christmas Day. It is, isn't it? So come on now. Yeah, it's it's just before, just after Christmas, you know. Them CGI trolls, they were horrible. Oh, yeah, so, like, one of the things I love about this film is that most of the effects are practical or they're forced perspective or they're kind of stop motion action later on clever tactile camera tricks but there is one little cgi troll who is particularly upsetting (laughs) to look at it's just for a throwaway gag like notoriously difficult to stop motion animate or something yeah i don't know why you didn't just get or or someone in a suit or something like that but there is just a little bit of cg you don't want to work with kids or animals stop motion involving trolls how come there are no trolls in the extended wallace and gromit universe you have your answer (laughs) (laughs) so no human being has ever set foot in santa's workshop they've tried trolls as we mentioned they've tried gnomes but the gnomes were just when they say they they tried is that the gnomes tried to breach santa's workshop and they had a go and like you know they got further than shackleton ever could is what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) no humans until about 30 years ago and that's where our story starts now we get the name of the director on screen do you recognize the director of this film yeah it's none other than the plandalorian himself because he's involved in the creation of it so i imagine he's done with a 
lot of the actual the mechanics mm. of the organization of it is to be a plan plan delorean john fav row 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 your boat <laughs> gently down the streaming service <laughs> big time hollywood director john favreau oh mr big time yeah, here who before this was just like known primarily as an actor still known as an actor but now he's known as you know marvel star warsy director man i think this might have been his first big break in terms of getting his name out there as a director particularly i mean this definitely got him on that couple of episode arc on the sopranos for sure you know <laughs> once paulie walnut's got a load of elf Oh, I noticed that when Santa's sack came down the chimney, and it may mm. have been because I was slightly hungry, I mistook it for a Christmas ham because of the angle. It looked like just a very well-glazed ham. Big chimney ham that we talked yeah, about. And, yeah, and that's the odd thing now that you just say that. A ham in a fireplace doesn't really seem that out of place, does it? No. It's a nice centerpiece, a nice big roast ham in there. We all gather around the ham. (laughs) On Christmas morning, your dad will climb up on top of the house and try and jam a ham down the chimney. Come on, Dad! And all the kids are just sat around the fireplace waiting for it to come. He only has to do it if your dad loses the Christmas Eve bet of who can throw a ham <laughs> over the, the roof of the house. And it's the, alright, you couldn't do it, Dad. You have to climb up and push it down, get the grease. Now, in classic sort of fairy tale Christmas story tradition, we're in an orphanage and there's a little lonely baby there and Santa's sneaking down the chimney to do to give out his presents. But the little curious baby has crawled into Santa's ham and it's going to has <laughs> got a sweet tooth this baby's straight for the sugar also mm. how's this not happened loads i bet this happens all the time what little kids crawling into the santa sack big flap on it open like that you yeah trail of fucking breadcrumbs i just had a horrible thought that like maybe this is the only one who survived the, gen- <laughs> the gen- yeah that's like- honestly yes maybe what it would have uh. been sam is that this was later on in the journey so there wouldn't have been such a crush factor for anyone who went into the back <laughs> happy christmas happy everyone christmas everyone uh- <laughs> But, hey, this baby crawls out of the sack back at the North Pole, and he's just like, hey, oh, I'm a little baby. And they call the baby Buddy, because he's got a, the brand name of his diapers, his little Buddy diapers. And you can call me shocked, because Santa's a baldo. Who would have thought? Whoa! We got a bald Santa Claus here. That's a very interesting interpretation on the Santa Claus myth, you know, that he's a bald man. Yes, now, when I was watching the Netflix movies What Done Made Us documentary about this, it was like, oh, we had to get Ed Asner in as Santa. And I'm like, again, not 100% confident I know who Ed Asner is. But I think it must have been a big deal to have him. But yeah, bald, bald Santa. Well, you don't really see Santa's head under the hat that often. Side note, though, Sam. Yeah. Just not to criticise the streaming service or anything. That's got to be some light view in what you did there now. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, wafer thin. <laughs> it was wafer thin. It wasn't a brilliant little documentary. You know what? I admire their restraint in not stretching out to an unnecessarily long 10 part one hour per episode. It was just basically, you know, IMDb, you can scroll down to the trivia bit. It was that. Who wants to scroll, Sam? <laughs> it was that. Why, stro- why scroll when you can stream? So, all these fun little sequences of Buddy being, you know, even as a little kid, being bigger than all the elves, are those actual four? 
force perspective practical effects literally people standing further back right, or good. going forward and setting up little rigs to do it you could at that time have done it cg or done some you know computer wizardry and bangery but i admire the fact that they made it through actual camera trickery which we had with lord of the rings as well didn't we there's a yeah, lot of that with true. gandalf i like that it's obviously you know it's got that kind of sophistication to it and you mm. know you don't, these are great effects and all that but yeah i do like as well that they kind of lean into the whole like weird concept that santa's land is this weird sound stage you know like, you can very much see it's like it's small painted construct yeah but the fact that you see all these little stop motion creatures and stuff in there it really really actually works in that it's just this kind of strange like dream sequence place and i for one love that a lot side note they mm. call them buddy after the nappies yeah and i can't imagine a world where a kid in the uk gets named pampers and doesn't grow up to be a proper tough bollocks <laughs> oh <laughs> pampers oh vinnie jones has pampers yeah come yeah. on there right oh, yeah 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 sorry we can't use him in your santa claus movie because he's gonna be pampers pampers is coming <laughs> what you, you brought pampers yeah i won't be scared of pampers You'll need another pair of them now because you probably have <laughs> done a shit in your trousers now, haven't you? At the mere thought of the name. So Bob Newhart is kind of Buddy's adoptive dad. He becomes his de facto father. Oh, uh, yeah. This is this weird forced adoption thing I've heard about on Facebook group chats <laughs> where it's uh, like Santa has the decision to make. And that decision involves no chat of like contacting the orphanage. Yeah. Or I'm just saying if that process is there, we do not see it. No, and uh, yeah, it gets handed off onto Bob Newhart, who, who apparently did want a little elf child, but been too busy making toys all his life to ever make that happen. So now he's got a little little son, and they're fixing Santa's sleigh together, which is normally powered by Christmas spirit. But Kevin, people aren't believing in Santa anymore. Yeah, this was a flaw of the movie. Oh, this was too early. We were like ten minutes in. Mm. And they're like, oh, by the way, in two thousand and three. I know you're thinking the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> Good old date of 2003. The heady days, the, the yeah. fall of GeoCities. Are you, you, are you kidding me? Yeah. And the fact that they're like, oh, yeah, there's an existential crisis and people aren't like happy anymore. Well, oh, yeah. Oh. I suppose it was a bit early to introduce the whole like. Yeah, I don't want that. No. And I like that the solution is well, people are believing in Christmas, so let's just strap a fucking jet engine to it, which is kind of great that they just pop that on there. I thought they replaced the reindeer with the jet. I wasn't made clear to me. And I thought, ooh, that's a cruel reindeer game to play on them. <laughs> I think it was more. They, yeah, they didn't put them out of work. It was more to supplement their driving force. You got to feel shit because there's a plot point of the engine not working and it's like these rain no these reindeer couldn't fucking drag this sleigh if it even wasn't flying they're not getting a good shout in here the, the reindeer they can fly yet they just simply can't lift this weight of the sleigh now there's nothing saying that later on is it that it's the increase in faith make a reindeer fly better or does it make the sleigh lighter i'm starting to doubt whether there are reindeer in this I now can't remember whether I saw... No, no, there I've is. There, there definitely are reindeer. is. They are there. I okay. just stopped watching... I stopped an hour ago watching this movie. Right, there so. are reindeer in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm 85 <laughs> Yeah, it starts to creep in. You're like, wait a minute. Don't let Reindeer Day ruin your Christmas at home, folks, all right? Don't let it creep in. It starts at home. Now, meanwhile, Buddy, being a human in a land of elves, is not a good toy maker. So much so that he lashes out, he gets upset, and he calls himself a cotton-headed ninny muggins. Oh, wash your mouth out. And he's sent to be a toy tester, because he's not very good. Well, there's a thing here where they're like saying all oh, the things that he's actually good at. Mm. And I 
saw that all they had to say nice about him was his tallness, and I felt a little bit seen. Oh, that you changed the smoke alarm batteries. Reached the high shelves. I'm just saying, the things on the high shelves in our house are the things that only, like, either I need to access or, like, can only be accessed by me. There's, like... <laughs> There's a way to that, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of responsibility, and I'm sure Buddy has some of that. Is Will Ferrell actually tall? I think he is tall as well, isn't he? I heard he's a big, tall son like a, bitch. Yeah, so it's even more, <laughs> more exaggerated here. And while he's testing toys and stuff and getting surprised by jack-in-the-boxes, which is a very, There's loads of good visual gags in here. There's too many yeah. to keep mentioning, but there will be well, some. yeah, down. it's always the issue in a cinema or reverse swirl or swell, which is you don't want it just to be a plain recitation of the things <laughs> in a funny movie that are funny. I will say, however, mm. it did make me ponder a lot about the old jack-in-the-box. Firstly, they're obviously quite horrible, jerk-in-the-box, we all know that, yeah. but then my mind dwelled on this thought, Sam, which is, what is, do you think, the plural of a jack-in-the-box? Oh, Jack's Oh. Because I asked Joe, the intern who watched this with me, and she had a lovely time, and she said that she thought it was Jack in the Boxes. And then I thought, is it not Jacks in the Box? Or Jacks in the Jacks Boxes? Jacks in the Boxes? Is it a double plural situation? Or do you do it like a very high-profile restaurant menu where it's just Jack, comma, Box? Or Jack's Boxes? Or is it AirPods Pro Maxes? I, I, it's hard to remember what the pluralisation is, but it is tricky. I was anti-Jack in the Box at the end of this because of the confusion there and the thought of, like, it's a one-note gag and it's an unpleasant gag as well. One Jack in the Box, two Jacks in the Box... No, mm. I think Jack in, Jack in the Boxes. But then that implies there's one Jack among several boxes. What if it's more than three? It's just called a jacked-up box. <laughs> <laughs> what you got here is a bunch of jacked-up boxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really sad. He doesn't know really about. No, he, that's cruel. He doesn't now. know he's, he's a real boy, and a wolf would be better at raising them in that sense. It's revealed because he overhears some elves saying, "Oh, he's rubbish." If he hasn't figured out he's a human by now, he never will. And this causes him to, you know, freak out, faint, run back home, hide in the bathroom. He has the big scary sequence where I, this point, I want, you know, he's viewing all these things being said in his head, and I want to retract my comments about calling him a jerk in the box because when they showed him close up he had a lovely little face hey nice he little was. fun just a clown thing a nice little guy indeed yeah, lovely guy and so it falls to bob newhart to kind of comfort him by telling him his tragic parental situation also his neck must be so sore all the, the leaning and the yeah 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 an almighty hump has developed i think he's been so positive that he's never asked why is everything small and not suitable for me what's going on what's happening here what's lumbar support elf friends <laughs> We don't know. Fuck's sake. He was put up for adoption. His mum has died. His dad is alive. And he's in New York City. And look, Kevin, this sets off Buddy on his adventure to go to New York. And you know how I feel about stop motion, that I'm scared of it. But... Unsettling, you said before. We tried to uh, tease this out a little bit in yeah. the uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. And we settled upon the fact that it was something that wasn't going to be like, Bleh! you're going to see it. And it's like, oh no, stop motion. But if it was there for a particular length of time, I'm doing a very upsetting hand motion here. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm like a, I'm like a spider sewing. Please, I'm very please, sorry. Please, <laughs> please stop it. I, I hate both of those things. But you said that it's something that can 
creep up on you, like kind of a... That more of a vibe, yes, right? But the thing I enjoy here is that these ones are good and they look good quality and they don't move in a scary way and they're cute. And also they use sparingly. We get a lovely dapper looking snowman. Yeah, right. and he's all like nice shapes, like spheres. You know, you know what you're sand with a sphere, you know? Yeah, and look, this film, again, I don't want to point out every single funny thing because that's going to take a long time. There's a lot of laughs here, but it's the script is tightly packed with jokes. There's lots of those layered visual gangs. L- layered visual gags, little bits in the script for, you know, nerds to pick up on. And that combos as well, where it's like, oh, that's a funny bit, here's another bit. Bam! Combo modifier. The snowman talks about his youth when he was a cumulonimbus cloud, and I'm like, because he's made of snow, and when he was young, he would have been a cloud. That's, ah. Uh. Finally, some geography teacher content. <laughs> Where's my Oxbow Lake gags? Hey, bad news, Kevin. Buddy's dad. He's on the naughty list. Of course he is. He's James Caan. We've done Godfather. Yeah, it's Sonny. It's Sonny Corleone. When he got shot up, that was symbolic of him being put on the naughty list. That's what that was all about, that scene. I like that Santa gives him these like hot New York tips. He's like, mm. you want to go to sales on 4th and all, the, all this stuff. Like, make sure you get a New York slice, I hear. Yes. And what I liked most about this is that it made me wonder if, like in Preacher, the way God does this, if Santa, like, once a year goes to Earth and, like, fucking goes on a mega bender and he gets all <laughs> fucked up, goes some biker bars, <laughs> puts all the stuff up his butt, you know, that kind of a thing. Maybe he does. Maybe this Santa does. Well, he, t- he had a bit of a... a Tell you now, you had that bit of a the glint of a wise old man, a wise old lecherous creep who's been through the wars. So Buddy's off on this adventure on a fucking ice float. Yeah, yeah, lovely little iceberg bit. The nice narwhal saying goodbye. He was my favourite of the starvation characters. Bye, Buddy. Hope you find your dad. You want to know my favourite narwhal fact? Yes, please. I believe it was Queen Victoria, and I believe I could have told the story before, Hmm. but there is a... Was she a narwhal? (laughs) No, yeah! (laughs) Okay. So... Queen Victoria was gifted a narwhal tusk that was encrusted in jewels mm. and the belief was that it was a genuine unicorn horn that was why it was presented oh, and how it was displayed okay. within the museum for many many years they still have it it's part of like the crown you know the jewels owned by the empire or whatever yeah. but it should I don't know if they've updated the records to reflect it's non-unicorn it's not actually a unicorn wow no I didn't know that you sort of get a bunch of kids excited they love unicorn shit like you know yeah. you don't want to be walking towards Buckingham Palace or they can be going towards the Starbucks instead, you know? The buddy, he's come out of, you know, film set Elfland's North Pole world and is now very much in the harsh reality of New York City. Or the harsh reality of Nottingham Animal Territory because the raccoon's like, you know, there's a... Yeah. I like that, that immediately the, the whole kind of animal friends and, and stuff like that. that you know, a raccoon is not your friend. In, they're not stop wild. motion anymore. Okay, no. that's, that's the hot tip. If they're stop motion, nice. If they're real, bad. Yeah. yeah Generally yeah, yeah. try and avoid non-stop motion animals if, if the you animal- can. Aren't animated, don't go near them. All right. Personally, I don't go near any animals that aren't Ardman because uh, I just, the quality, you know, the quality is what I really am after. Now, the montage of Buddy in New York running around doing New York stuff, I think that's fairly iconic. Had you seen any of these little glimpses of Buddy in New York before, either in GIF form, in kind of yes. compilation, oh, yeah, yeah. best of Christmas movie stuff? Funnily enough, where I remember seeing a lot of it first was because probably one of the main places I saw GIFs at the time mm. was MySpace. I remember. 
there being little snippets of Buddy across various MySpace profiles and whatnot. Mm. This montage also was on a lot of people's Bebo pages as their featured video yes. once Christmas time came a knocking. And also as well, I've been advertised to. Like Sky have really tried over the years and, you know, lots of services that provide TV have over the years been like, hey, you can watch movies this Christmas on telly. And yeah. that's really a strong one that they'll go for. It'd be like, you can watch Buddy go around in the spinny The revolving door doors here. one. I've seen that countless times. Which I feel it's not fair because it's missing the heart of the comedy here, which is the all comedy is tragedy. And the tragedy of this is Buddy being yet another victim to the hyperbole of New York City. Oh, so that, the, the world's best cup of coffee stuff. Come on, yeah. you can't just say that. I know. And, oh, him eating gum off a subway railing. Yeah, that was not that was not good. In time of COVID feels particularly awful, as awful as it was anyway. I'm like, mm. ah, no, jeez Louise. I felt when he was going on his adventure, he'd probably fit into modern times. I say, you know, let's put COVID aside. Yeah. Into, like, modern-ish times, I feel he would fit in better. I feel New York City particularly in the non-COVID 2020 yeah. would be a lot more set up for someone in an elf costume walking around being very curious. He'd probably make a fucking bundle. Yeah, no, he'd have a, a YouTube series. Everyone would just think they were on a prank show. They'd be looking for all the cameras. Go, ah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of this, again, I'm leaning heavy on that flimsy Netflix documentary, was like him just interacting with real people and just being in real New York really? streets. Really? Yeah. They, they and they come and be like, you're on, you're on camera. And they said that, the you know, there's a guy in like a red tracksuit who's got a yeah, white beard. Yeah, man. Apparently he was just there And he wasn't a, I don't really? believe that I think that's uh, bullshit I think that's No, they must have set that up Not for a second I thought any of this Was like Gorilla film and man <laughs> on the street Type of shit No way I, I think it was And hey, look I'm a little bit You know Places that publish Little kids storybooks Yes Are they Are they based in the Empire State Building? Typically well, The Empire Maybe. State Building is just, just office space you, Anyone can have that Look The bottom line is here Is that the dad is on the naughty list for a reason He's one mm. of those bad publishers But <laughs> The kind of The long con of all of this Or the, the end game result of all this I should yeah. say Is really that Like probably most publishers Are out of business now Good ones and bad ones So he's definitely been like I, At the start I was like Look he's, he's already vindicated because he's going to have a big downfall eventually good bad or indifferent <laughs> so he starts off back in the heyday of you know publishing books and things he felt he was on top of the world he was denying books to nuns he was not bothering with a reprint when pages were missing it really seems to me sam that the writers room meeting where they're like so what kind of a thing does a publisher do like ah, storyboard um sell sell the books yeah get ready for the boss we're down eight on this corner we need more books in it yeah it felt like they didn't need that real estate i mean it's sad for me that this business would be long out of print before uh, they realized in 2020 that most of them probably could have worked from home yeah. <laughs> you don't need that in fucking times square like the kids like oh, i don't like the book daddy I'm like yeah but it came from it came from the empire state <laughs> building the creme de la creme in new york so buddy's very quickly got to see his dad he's found his dad really quickly he looked at the snow globe managed to get to the right place and his secretary as he's come up to his dad's office says i think someone sent you a christmas gram now again christmas gram ever seen a christmas gram i've not seen many grams i've not seen a telegram kisser christmas christmas 
Krissa, I've not seen many many grams. It's all Instagram these Nowadays days. it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. They should actually should do that where it's like it's an Instagram but someone like shows up immediately at your house to give you an instant telegram style service. And you're like really out of breath. Yeah. <laughs> it's Instagram. It's this different. It's okay. But Buddy gets a, an audience with James Carney he gets to go into the office and it's now down to him to perform. Have you ever felt that sudden pressure that you didn't realise you were going to have to perform or do something? thing in yes. front of people important and then someone's like right go and do your thing yes it's, yeah it's not good is it for me it ended really badly because yep. when i was a cat researcher mm. we did this thing where like a whole bunch of researchers went up to mount snowden in snowdonia in wales Ooh, we're all it. gonna climb the mountain then go and hang out in a nice little hostel afterwards and they were gonna like do this thing called academic roulette where you just have a bunch of gobbledygook slides of made-up science oh. and you have to like blag your way through it yeah which honestly is literally what I'm designed to do on this planet if that was an actual job I reckon okay. I could, like, I'd be fine <laughs> at doing wrong presentations yeah. and my boss kind of gave me a little nudge and he said I've put your name forward for it and I think you'd be very good and he was a very very quiet sort like, he wasn't very kind of extroverted or anything hmm. but I knew he had a sense of humour so I tried to do a few jokes that weren't necessarily at his expense, but they were things like kind of, oh, he'll know about this because it was like a cow and like because he just wastes his time looking at cows, this lad. You know, that's what you do in animal science. And everyone was like, way, and it went all right. And I felt yeah. kind of very under pressure and the, the jokes weren't great. And he was deadly silent afterwards. Oh, no. As if he had to look at his face as if to say, well, I've done myself there, really, because I put you forward and now I've been devastated <laughs> with your cow reference. So there you go. Never do it, folks. Never do it. If you're asked to do anything fun, Ever. Well, Buddy's there and he's singing like, I'm here with this researcher. He likes looking at cows. I really like cows. I'm here with the researcher. Yeah, he's saying... It's harder for him. He has to sing a recap of the first act. Like, <laughs> I've come to see my dad. You are my dad. Uh, I love you. I love you. I love you. Oh, it's it's sad, isn't it? And James Khan is just confused and unimpressed until Buddy mentions his mum. He mentions the name of his mum. And so... Bombs rush. Get out of here. Getting kicked out. And favourite visual gag of this whole film, I think think maybe is buddy seeing a toy store in the distance looking up mm-hmm. at it being amazed by it heading towards it and then the music just cutting out because he gets lightly hit by a taxi he just gets sort of run over a little bit i spent most of the movie worried that he was going to get run over at some point well it kind of releases the pressure on that a little bit you just get a, a little <laughs> a little bit of running oh, I over thought, now that's see that's what 2020 has done to you because they thought oh yeah you do that one there so that later boom what do you mean oh, girls the big one <laughs> the big one <laughs> You know, when the proper Regina Georgia, you can oh, really go, go hardcore there. And I think I will say that is due to extemporaneous anxiety about a sausage order. So let's uh, leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got the sausage anxiety. It manifested itself. Right. And Buddy, he manages to find his way into this toy store. It, it's a big department store. He's kind of wandering around. Oh, he has loads of fun in the, the department store mm-hmm. as well, because this was a moment in the movie I thought if there was like a dad's cut or a director's cut or whatever it is for all. Yeah. The, the naughty dads, the dads in, their, and, in their jeans to watch it in a garage it would be where he stands up and he's like they have such big toilets and I wrote down good on you buddy you get to take your first proper shit like proper <laughs> human shit and I imagine that would have been a really great scene what for you and all the dads in the garage just in your jeans I'm not a dad I should point that out <laughs> no, I like randomly had a Sorry, kid but... you you and all the dads in the garage not you're not one of them but you and the and the other we can all appreciate together all the fart noises and him <laughs> going wow 
Oh, and then him coming out and saying, like, do not use that toilet. <laughs> but the manager of the toy department thinks he's, you know, an actor playing an elf or like a member of staff and so dra- drags him over while he's looking at some sexy lingerie that says, for your special someone, he gets dragged away to come and work with the toys. And he does meet Zoe Elfinell. I can't mm. remember if she was in my large scale She wasn't. No, I, was, I was waiting to see if she popped up, but no, she didn't. So did you know she was in this? No, I didn't. Mm. But I will say in my defense, when I listed those names, I elected not to include the phrase, and you know people like that. (laughs) And I felt that blanket term covers Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, yeah. Indisputably, it covers Zoe Deschanel. Yes, and she's here as Jovi. An odd name on the palette. Jovi. 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 Dressed as an elf, because that's her job. Her job is to be a member of staff in this department store in the toy section. And Buddy is just in awe of her and her ability to decorate a tree and she's very kind of annoyed by his antics at first thinks he's been sent there to wind her up but she's kind of you can even see early on she's kind of coming around to this nice Will Ferrell type guy it's the classic love story that if you're completely off-putting and you've absolutely no idea how to act around someone and you're a complete fucking baboon to them just keep doing it and they're like (laughs) they might eventually get used to it and find it charming yeah it's important that you know it is charming yeah um Well, so Buddy, he stays in this toy shop all night, making things extra Christmassy. Yeah, Santa's come and get your lights and your paper ready. But what that means is when Jovi gets in in the morning and takes a shower, and he hears her singing in the shower room, he just walks into the lady's locker room to listen to her singing, and also to sing along. It's one of those bits of the movie that wouldn't be in the movie if the movie was made now. Yes, you're right about that. I think that's absolutely correct. Because <laughs> I thought they'd do the whole thing where, you know, he does it and she comes out and she's like, ah! And then, the, the, you know, but she's like, oh, you, I'm yeah, the- naked. You could have seen everything. Literally everything. It is literally later on. I mean, she, she is shocked because he ends up singing along loudly and she's like, don't look at me. So he covers his eyes, runs off, runs into some lockers. And later on, it is all kind of just, hey, were you being a pervert? He's like, no, just like the singing. She's like, oh, okay. And none of it is like, what the fuck were you doing? What are you doing? I, I'm going to report you now. It's more like... Were you being a tinker? No, I wasn't being a tinker, actually. I was being a singer. Which a is singer. Different. A singer. <laughs> In my opinion, yeah. I'm going to come at you here now, a little mm-hmm. bit of hard opinion, the store was too decorated. Yes. Two, yes. And you can have too much decoration. That's my Christmas warning to you all. I don't think anyone's in danger of decorating too much this year, are they? I don't disagree with you, though, about this store and the, you know, the... But Buddy's very enthusiastic and everyone's very impressed by his decorating. Why is the high street failing? Because elves keep turning half the stock into (laughs) decorations. Yeah, that's the thing. He's very resourceful with just stuff he finds to make it into Christmas stuff, but doesn't spare a thought for what those things cost or where they've come from. Oh, but the Santa arrives and... Oh, it's an underwhelming Bronx Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I mean, Buddy versus Fake Santa is great. I wrote down here, if he was in The Sopranos, he'd probably go, Ho! (laughs) Ho, ho. Pointing it with the, yeah. I enjoyed the little kid on Santa's lap, sort of saying, Hey, how old are you? I'm four. Here's some food for thought. Mm. Anytime I've watched an American Christmas movie or Christmas show or whatever it may be, this is how they present Santa. Up 
on a stage or a platform or right there in front of everyone and you all stand up and you watch all the other kids go up so like it's very much like a public court and if like you fucking shit yourself and you piss all over Santa in his eye and all over his beard and he has to change it we've all seen it they're all gonna see and I thought it's scandalous how open this this breaches this entire situation is what's your memory of Santa because anytime I went to Santa in Mullingar or Mm. Galway or Dublin he was like in an enclosed zone usually a garden shed that had been covered in wrapping paper which had been placed within a plaza but you didn't see him until you went through the breach that's part of the magic I wonder whether North America has some sort of grotto shortage or doesn't even have any grottos because you're right you would always go in and meet Santa if you can put it in the car park of a crazy prices in Longford you can do it in New York City and it would be a private thing and this starts to sound dodgy the more I say it but it wasn't you'd go in you'd meet Santa you'd have your moment with Santa and then you'd go out and then the magic would be waiting to go in you you know you don't bury your lead and reveal Santa straight away if you've ever been to like a sci-fi convention or any sort of like a movie expo where there's loads of people signing autographs Hmm. there's usually one or two of them who are not out amongst the masses they're in a special room or in the case of when i went to one and sting was there Hmm. a special room they made out of partitions so that you couldn't see they were just away in their own little zone they kept the myth alive sam you know is that to stop people from taking like little sneaky photos from the side of these people or something no it's to keep the myth of of it alive that's why sting's made a comeback in 2020 and santa's not right and this is sting the wrestler not Sting the musician Don't, who very much oh, if Sting the musician comment. finds out he'll be livid about Sting the wrestler Sting he was, felt he was entitled to a partition made room count of all the tantric sex <laughs> over in this country if Santa was going to say I'm a fake how do you like to be dead you'd hear that privately in a grotto and all the other kids wouldn't catch wind yeah, and it. then the next kid comes in as far as they're concerned you're rebooting the franchise yeah. like it's a hard reset new Santa here we go but he gets into a big scuffle with Santa bad Santa disrespects Lego <laughs> yes indeed he does come on but he made all the Lego and that I mean that you can't do that overnight that takes days that takes days even if you are a human raised by elves that takes days and I say that as someone who's built a Lego camper van yeah that was uh, wow oh no it's just a little one was it never mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> Not full size. No, just a little oh, miniature. Like the Cinema Swirl World Tour was going to be really fucking rad, but yeah, whatever. He brought in a present for his dad when he got kicked out by security a second time, and that present has got to his dad. James Carr's opened this present, it's the sexy lingerie, because it was for your special someone, and Buddy doesn't understand what that means. Sees the photo of him as a young man with Buddy's mum. What shit security, though? Because they give him the bum's rush, and they're like, yeah, we'll take it right to him. And they're and like, they you do. know, crumpling up with that. So they do. They're very... That was very Christmassy. The security guards had the twinkle in their eye. Yeah, we'll see to it that he gets this. And then they do give it to <laughs> You twisted his arm unnecessarily, but you twisted my heartstrings even more. <laughs> Buddy's ended up in jail, but gets bailed out by his dad. I, I wrote down Buddy in Oz, and then I said, no, don't do that, because you'll give people bad thoughts, and it's a Christmas special, so... No, think about that. And his dad's immediate follow-up to bailing his son out of jail is to take him to get a, a paternity test to see if he is actually his son. And that's what I like about the movie is that because they take him to like the director, John Favreau, who's like the creator of the movie, and he's like, "Am I his 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 dad?" And he's like, "Yes, I created you. I created all. <laughs> I created all of you." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> in a way, I you're just, all my children. Look, that's just the way the Plandalorian rolls, man. He's a mysterious cat. <laughs> One thing that I found particularly unpleasant about this was that Buddy's eating, like, cotton balls. Ooh, no! Which is such a horrible thing to think about. I can reveal to you all, mm. I suffered when I was a young teenager and a child from, I think it actually has a, a, a term in psychology. Because I, I, I found out when I found out that animals did it when I was studying them. Like, oh, that's me! Mm. <laughs> Called Pika. I used to eat little pieces of paper. Yeah. And I couldn't stop myself. Like, if I got a new book or anything for Christmas, like, I looked at my old Harry Potter books from when I was a kid, half the page corners are, like, missing because yeah. I would just eat them, like, nervously all the time. I don't do that anymore, thank fucking Christ for mm. that. But cotton wool, I mean, at least sometimes paper would be, like, you know, tasty or whatever, but a cotton wool is obviously, you know, objective... <laughs> I let that would slide in there. <laughs> cotton wool's obviously bad, right? Yeah. Do you ever have a go on a rubber, like an eraser? Do you ever pop one of those in? No, no, no. Uh, although, 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 a wooden pencil? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, so I would r- r- render that to splinters. Big teeth marks in it. To this day, don't give me a pen. And I'm holding you all to account now. None of you give me a pen. Because mm. I'll use my fucking monster teeth on it. It'll go straight in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I won't lie to you. It'll feel great, but only for me. Yeah. Not you. No, not once your you get pen. pen back. <laughs> If you're going to give Kevin a pen, make sure you just buy like one of those Poundland boxes of biros and just give him yeah. as many as he wants, and then that's fine. The caveat <laughs> here is the important one. With regards to pens and pens alone, mm. treat me as you would a goat. <laughs> Don't encourage it, but I'm not saying you can't do it. Just know what the consequences will be. Yes. So, it is revealed that Buddy is, in fact, a son of James Kahn. And director John Favreau says he might be reverting to a childlike sense of dependency. So, just take him home with you. Hang that out was with a him. cracking diagnosis, though, wasn't it? <laughs> that was Ricky. It was, oh, yeah, no, House would, would arrive at much the same conclusion. He's had a big old think about that, and he's just got, yeah, probably just upset. T- tired. <laughs> tired and so he gets brought home to the family to the rich old uh, Hobbs family in New York they are not ready for the elf culture war that is about to, to be unleashed upon them essentially one thing that was genuinely impressive him mm. tanning that cola that was fuck me wow he right it was impressive but I was going to say the th- my least favourite part of the movie was him drinking all the coke and doing a big burp I'm going to just ask you this I will be very brief with the question I don't want to make a big thing about it but I sure. feel like in the Christmas special here now I've kind of I've opened up a little bit about something that I used to do and all that and we yeah. you're, I mean actually I think it's quite good because usually these episodes when they're non-reversed are laden with unnecessary segments reflecting on your personal struggles and I feel I've opened up a bit there yeah. but with regards to to PM I won't say its name. Yeah. And that scene there, just two words. Have you? Um, no. Okay, okay. No. How close have you come to a one-tan bottle? Because I think that's a two-litre jug. Oh, see, right, here, now, what I thought you were saying was, I have I, in recent times, gone back to the back? Oh, no, 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 I'm asking you, have you ever... Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God! Maybe not like in one go a whole bottle, but like I, I've been glugging it straight from the bottle in copious amounts in the in the past. It doesn't count if you don't put the empty bottle on your head and go. <laughs> but I, I'm not a fan of belch humour. I don't like a funny burp. I it, for some reason it rubs me up the wrong way. I've never. Oh been a... no! Come on now, you can't count. Right, farts are farts funny for you? Sometimes burps are funny as well, and sometimes farts are funny. But, but burps are more rarely funny than farts. I would say so. Yeah. 
okay because something happened when we were watching this and i think this is genuinely just not just funny i think it's delightful as well mm. he burped so long in this scene that joe the intern did a little burp at the end as well like, <laughs> like he was like, and then she bam i popped out and you know she was doing something else at the same time so it wasn't if she was like oh i'm gonna do a burp now she wasn't consciously doing it it right. just got through to her the body read the signal it's like yawning where if someone starts yawning you also then start yawning that do you think that can happen with burping with a burp yes a belch no right burp but not not bad and what is the difference between a burp and a belch you might ask the difference between a burp yeah. and a belch firstly a belch will always be wetter and a belch you usually smack your lips during or after the the noise has been <laughs> this, initiated this is, this is like <laughs> rubbing me up the wrong way now you yeah. just talking about the different types of burps yeah, yeah you had fucking you had pie jelly last christmas so, or oh, christmas so or two you... ago so here we go reverse swirl in the house if i cut into a pie and it's just burps it's like <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I will say that's dangerous knowledge. You tend to oh, stop, like I know. I've tried to like you know keep it hidden and not not rise to it, not respond to it. So a really interesting thing has happened in the expanded cola universe. You know, I feel like this recent year of cinema swirl has been dominated less by talk about colas and more about talk about streaming giants in one guise or another. It just seems to be like a, a central theme to cinema swirl now. Yeah, because we live in 2020, and enough of soda streams. Now, streaming move Disney and I'm now- okay. Yeah, I literally got soda streaming happening in my real life because I don't know if it's happened for you mm. and if I've bought some things and the algorithm has worked out, but many streaming services available i subscribe to a few one mm-hmm. of which is amazon prime and only upstairs in our bedroom where there's a fire stick mm. we get a little banner on the top and it will say pepsi max recommends you and then it'll be the movie and the other day well sh- you know, hold on pepsi max is recommending you movies it's recommending me movies <laughs> pepsi max recommended that me and joe watch lethal weapon the other night and hold i'm not on. ashamed to say we did i feel like pepsi max is trying to muscle in on my position here is like person who you, you talk to about movies and do stuff yeah. like, oh, can, oh. You, can you if you're gonna talk about my mate can you put some respect in your voice please thank <laughs> I you i don't want to be replaced by pepsi max me joe the intern or great mate pepsi max watching lethal weapon which they said was a great movie to enjoy with mates and it was it was <laughs> great now we didn't actually drink any of the product while we were watching but i didn't think don't tell your mate Pepsi Max. But I didn't raise a stink about Mel Gibson when we watched it either, so I figured that was like, I did them a solid. I love that Pepsi Max is recommending movies now. But it could work out for this, because you've not seen Lethal Weapon, have you? No. So I could probably do a podcast with Pepsi Max. We can circumvent be like, hey, let's do a Mel Gibson swirl. Where this is the Pepsi Max swirl now. <laughs> they're, they're saying we have to do Lethal Weapon. <laughs> a very, very interesting development in the cola and streaming worlds that they if- combined. This is happening to you. Yeah. Please let us know. Let us know what Pepsi Max has recommended to what you. What Pepsi Max is telling you to do with your well, life. Maybe fucking Iron Brew is recommended and stuff to you. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's because you're mates with me and you've had so much Pepsi Max content in your life. Now, Buddy, he's making breakfast for everyone, which is, of course, spaghetti and maple syrup. Oh, uh, Jesus. Yeah. It was a double-edged sword, this, because initially it made me feel a bit sick and it put me off my dinner. But mm. then I was in that weird point today where I was like, oh, should I have my dinner? before after we record and now right. i'm gonna eat after and i feel fine because of this scene was so gross and yeah. the scenes that came after it but then oh, I, I do start to wonder whether it would be completely unpleasant or not just some spaghetti 
the, with the red the, sauce with uh, the red sauce and a bit of maple syrup would that be like people sometimes put chocolate in a bolognese or a spaghetti sometimes you can do that to balance out the chili flavors sam but if this is no maple look syrup, maple no. syrup i hate this bullshit in america where they're like oh maple syrup give it to me glug 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 everything's big in texas it's like four pounds for a bottle yeah, yeah, but we're paying that import tax on getting it Taking over here. Taking the fucking ruler every time. I, They're just drinking it straight out of the tree. They've got maple trees over there. And chewing on some maple bark while I'm over here with my goddamn millimeters. I mean, I keep wanting to go on about how cute Buddy is. The fact he uses an etcher sketch to make notes and stuff. And oh, etcher uh, sketch. What's your etcher sketch skill level like, Sam? Not good. I mean, either. No. I'm wondering if you took like a youngster now, like a like a tick tick tock. Clock mm, and showed and you, them an etch sketch And you gave them an etch sketch Do you think they'd take like, a duck to water and be like, what is this, old man? They'd try and touch it, wouldn't they? I don't know. Would they now? Would they try and mm. swipe? It's got a skill level. I knew a few mm. kids when I was growing up, and honestly, no one since the age of 10 I've ever seen anyone who's truly proficient with an etch sketch yeah. And I remember this because on two separate occasions in my six years in boarding school, I remember finding a very broken etch sketch on various parts of the school ground. Like, someone was like... Fuck this shit. <laughs> Fuck it! I'm getting a Newton! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's something to do with me like being left-handed, but no, it, it's just oh, difficult for everyone, isn't it? You're a southern pod bear, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, maybe it's that. No, I think it's just, they, they are difficult. I mean, the whole being scared of a radiator thing is very cute. I sometimes get scared of radiators still. Yeah, yeah. at night they make scary noises, or in the morning when they come on. It's, uh, uh. Right, so Will Ferrell, on his own, at home, with spaghetti, mushing up loads of sweet just pouring sweets and gummies and M&Ms and shit on it and then breaking up Pop-Tarts on top of that and then Will Ferrell, the actor, shoving that into his mouth. I mean, I, I admire his commitment to the bit. Oh, that's incredible. You know? Yeah. I admire my commitment to Pop-Tarts that still after that I still kind of wanted a Pop-Tart. Yeah, it did make me want a Pop-Tart. <laughs> oh, yes. You mentioned people making the food from Elf in the pre-swell. Like, I imagine there have been like challenges of people, oh, make Buddy's spaghetti monstrosity and eat it. People have probably done that on YouTube, haven't they? Yeah, where well, they do like I've seen it done a few bunch of times where someone has tried to do like kind of a, a sweet pasta. I saw someone try to do like mm. a dessert version of spaghetti carbonara once, and even though it looked amazing, I felt a little bit unwell. Oh, was and it like a kind of white chocolatey sauce? Yeah, I think oh. so. Or, or maybe it's got bacon in there and egg yolks, I don't, you know, <laughs> parmesan cheese, parmesan ice cream. Uh, it's yellowy white. I thought it was posh vanilla, mum. No, it's the Parmesan ice cream. Give it back. It's for adults. <laughs> Buddy's dad, Walter, he needs to ship a new book this quarter. Otherwise, he's in trouble. Otherwise, Peter Kay won't have no more gigs this year. <laughs> so, meanwhile, at school, Walter's other son, his other little son, Michael, is talking to his school friends, which is what little boys used to talk about in 2003. I've got every weapon in the game. I've got full health, full armor. And then Buddy's like, oh, it's me, Buddy. But, you know, classic video game chat with your mates after school. Yeah, bragging health. about your full health. For how long, mate? How long is that that you're going to have that for, yeah? Don't talk to you about your temporary status, please. Talk to me about your achievements. I noted here, Sam, that mm. they then decided to rip off the now iconic Jack Frost movie snow war scene that we reviewed yes. last year over yes. uh, for cinema swill move over battle of hoth there's a new ice sheriff in town i've got a lot of love for the kind of 
practical camera trickery here. Mm. And the little bit where they're both making snowballs, and the camera just pans away to Michael, the little boy, and then pans back to Will Ferrell. And obviously they've just dumped a bunch of snowballs near him, so he looks like he's made loads. But it's it's much more effective than if you had like a sped up shot of him going blah, 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 making loads of snowballs. Well, they do get a bit of speeding up stuff, but yeah, but they they resisted the urge to go like if you imagine this movie had happened ten years earlier with mm. Jim Carrey, which is honestly the most conceivable thing oh, ever. The fact yeah, this came out in yeah. two thousand three with Will Ferrell and Joe said to me at the end of this she was like I can't think of anyone else from that kind of comedy crop who's managed to do something a bit holly and jolly and I think that's quite a testament ain't no fucking Owen Wilson Ben Stiller don't no. come at me with the holiday he's managed to turn his mainstream comedy charm into Christmas gold here and I appreciate yeah. that I wonder if Carrie could do it it would he be would an interesting have. movie to watch yeah if this had come out like five eight years earlier it'd be fucking exhausting is what it was this yeah. has got a nice there's a gentleness to this there is a very gentleness to Will Ferrell's portrayal of Buddy here, and it's nice. Yeah, he doesn't come across as a jerk, even though sometimes there are scenes where if you're citing what he does, it's like, oh, that's a bit gross or a bit weird or whatever. Yeah. He he plays it perfectly. And I'll tell you what about this snowball scene. What I really appreciated about it is that it doesn't outstay its welcome. A ah, snowball yes. battle could very easily, and we found this with Jack Frost, and I think other Christmas movies, they can go on for a bit too long, a snowball fight scene. get into the part of the snowball fight scene where there's a sick guitar solo, which is usually an indicator that it's getting a little bit long on the tooth. Yeah, and then I was thinking, actually, this film never really wastes its time, does it? it it's no, very it's breezy. It's economical with its jokes and its scenes. It, it only sticks around with you know scenes and bits for as long as it needs to, which I really, really appreciate. Yeah, no, it's, it's fast-paced. It is a light 90-min watch, for sure. I mean, speaking of fast-paced, now Buddy's asking out Joby for a date on the recommendation of his little brother, Michael. It's like, you need to ask her to go on a date with you. Eat food with me. <laughs> that, I mean, that's cute in an awkward way. My tongue swells up when I look at you. You know, classic date stuff, you know. High-end date stuff right there. Yeah, and she agrees on Thursday. But he has got the horrible mountain to climb now of dressing like a dad on until that time and he has to dress up in he wears the suit and tie the trappings of the capitalist pig and he has to go to the, the big city to sell his soul to the man in the rat race and you know what I was, I've watched this a few times but it says a lot about the portrayal of Buddy by Will Ferrell that when he wears normal clothes he still looks very silly it feels weird and even though it's like, but it's it's Will Ferrell wearing normal clothes, which isn't weird. But the fact that because I'm so used to it being Buddy, and now he's wearing normal stuff, and it's not like there's comedy there because the clothes are silly or that they're like slightly too big or too short. No, he looks very very well in his suit, and that's the joke. That's what's so funny. The way he leans over and stuff, still, you like you notice it a lot more in these bits, which I liked a lot. Yeah, he carries himself as a man not used to wearing normal clothes. <laughs> I, if there was one bit of the movie that I could have done with a bit more of, it's this mm. bit because this is the bit that I like the most of him like working in the office and stuff like that I thought yeah, there yeah. was there was gold in these here hills he reacts to coffee the way I react to coffee it's like Bleh. I react to him not being able to react to coffee like I do when I react to people who don't know how to react to coffee which is going can't take his crap <laughs> the dirty mailroom where all the smelly letters get sent <laughs> yes he's sort of cruelly tricked by his dad to kind of go down into the mailroom because oh I've got to stay here but you can go to the magical mailroom and you know there's letters and stuff that you can touch and because of the state of the room if there was 
a sign in this area where it said like male room m-a-l-e room and he come in there's a bunch of kind of dingy semi-balds one guy's like i'm 26 he looks fucking 50 he, all he these, like, does, hairy yeah. misanthropes and it's all like stained and damp it is a male room okay that guy right if you went back to like 1998 and then shrunk the big show i think that's what wow. that guy looks like yeah does, he looks like a yeah. kind of smaller version of the big show he says yeah he says he's 26 he is not 26 they get drank they get drank but he's excited because he sees him putting syrup in his coffee that ain't syrup and then they yeah they get drunk and they all get on and he has a laugh with everyone yeah right because coffee's so horrible and whiskey's lovely right yeah cool mmm <laughs> I love whiskey and coffee so call that Irish coffee and consult with us first. Meanwhile, upstairs in the grown-ups office, Kyle Gass and Andy Richter yeah! are the, the two lads pitching. It's double sidekick time. He <laughs> and <lads>. KG. <laughs> They're pitching to bring in a guy called Miles Finch to come and write a new book for them or give them some ideas. High-end writer that he is. And erstwhile, the mailroom has become, like, the fun bit from the Titanic, where, ironically, all the Irish people were. I wonder what that was. Yeah, so they're on this conference call with this fancy writer. But, oh, there's a problem down in the mailroom. What's that problem, Kevin? It's that Buddy's created a party atmosphere. Oh, because of his Christmas spirit. Everyone's having fun. He pretty much nails his hot date. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Goes for the big ice skate kiss. I kind of feel like there's an increased buff of getting a kiss if you're ice skating, simply because to push someone away who was going to kiss you you're kind of entering into a world of unknown ice skatery there oh, I, if yeah. someone was going to try and kiss me and i was like i don't know if i want to kiss them i probably would end up kissing them anyway because i'm much more confident about being kissed than i am about skating backwards <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i'm be like oh no i don't want to kiss them like, also broken my ankle because i hate you i don't think i've ever had to kiss someone or be kissed on any kind of moving skates or skateboards and i've I've, you know i've roller skated i've uh, ice skated i've skateboarded but the idea of kissing on something that moves underneath your feet is bad i mean usually the colder it gets the more romantically inclined i am i think you know Mm. that 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 is true of many people it's a season of jumpers and 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 heating (laughs) and and kissing (laughs) but once it gets into ice Mm. i'm old jack frost that's yeah The date that he goes on, he basically takes on a date through the first five minutes of Buddy turning up in New York. He just shows her all this stuff that he was excited about the first and time. At the end, she's like, "Look, I want it. Sky is available. Now TV. Uh, uh, that sounds like a really great deal. Honestly, Home Alone too, you say? And yeah, they they do a big kiss. Like he kisses her on the cheek, and then she goes in for the the big kiss. So that's nice. Big kiss, more like big pitch because it's time for them to uh, talk to this fancy new writer. And it's someone who you know. It's someone who I know. Yeah. It's only old Tyrion Lannister, mm-hmm. Peter Dinklage here, who made me immediately realise two things. One, yeah. I bet this is the thing that you're like, oh yeah, there's a bit of a dodgy bit because of just yeah. the way they filmed him coming in. It's like, oh, you can't see him because he's short. Yeah. And that as well also made me realise that, wow, miraculously, Game of Thrones has not occupied any rental space in the retail part park of my consciousness for and it is a retail no, park for, yeah like <laughs> since it stopped it's just gone hasn't it it's just got boof, it's out it's out, it's out of there yeah it had no impact on me whatsoever that it was yeah. in here i don't want to talk too much about this scene because like, it's you know it is what the fuck it is it's a 2003 like cheap gags about him being short it's whatever you know it's yeah. not so fucking mean-spirited and horrible but it's just like 
Uh, but the basic thing here, if you're not aware of it, is that Buddy bursts in during this meeting and he thinks that Peter Dinklage's character is an elf because he's confused and it, 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 they have a big scuffle. Now, the two bits I do want to point out is that Peter Dinklage's character, he's this great writer and he's got all these good ideas and they're pitching an idea about tomatoes and he just says, no tomatoes, too vulnerable. <laughs> Kids are already... No tomatoes, too vulnerable. Which I don't know, they can be sun-dried and yeah. fried green as well. I, oh. I would have read a whole anthology of vegetable tales as a child. <laughs> yeah, I would have. I read Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Of course I'm going to read Tales of the Alliums. And in terms of cuteness from Buddy, him bursting in and saying, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it, spinning around throwing his hat. That's really sweet. So it's a shame that that scene comes in this bit, but let's face it, it's now not great. Because he just, he, he keeps calling him an elf, and he's like, and they keep doing the thing where he's like, you say it one more time, and he says it every other time. And he gets beaten up, and I was like, oh, right, this will be fun then. And even that is just a bit like, eh, I just, like, it just felt like, I felt sad at the end of it. And like, yeah. not very, just vaguely. Like, I felt bad for Buddy and bad for, for Peter Dinklage's character. And the fact that we go right to him apologizing to his parents and not him, I'm like, come on, Buddy, there's another card, Jew. Yeah, but... <laughs> In, in a way, like, it, it's sort of satisfying to see Peter Dinklage properly, like, for, it, he just beats the shit out of Will It's an impressive two-foot dropkick, I'll give him that, yeah. yeah that, was, that was good stuff. Buddy's dad, James Kahn, he flips at Buddy, tells him to sling his up, get out of here, and so we get... You know, but he's he's cast out. He doesn't feel like he fits in anymore. He's, he's Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear what they're saying. <laughs> oh, buddy has to walk the streets now for a bit. Yeah. And they're worried. And it's the day the big pitch. And they're like, Dad, brother's gone missing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being the little boy. He's like, he's gone <laughs> missing. And, and the man is like, you have to decide between your son and your job, James Khan. Okay. So that boss man, I just want to point out, he does some great finger pointing, finger prodding, oh, finger yeah. wiggling action. Like he, he's a great man. actor for that. He's like slamming it down on the table, pointing it at him. It's, Give it a oh, welly, man. I loved yeah. it. <laughs> Gives us an absolute welly. And yeah, things have moved pretty quickly here because we already get that kind of... James Kahn has got some of that Christmas spirit. He's realised he's being too into his job and, like, you know, his son comes in and he's, he's refusing to be the guy who sacrifices everything for work and he's like, hey, screw you, I'm out of here. And his son is like, uh, up yours, bye. We don't need no security. We'll slip back into the publishing world for its many, many years into the future. So they're now off to find Buddy. They've gone looking for Buddy. And Santa's in the house... And mm. very noisily, I might add, how this operation has went on, this fucking ramshackle bullshit. You think the mall Santa's got breaches this guy? Everybody, it's me, sir. I don't know if you love me enough. Oh, no, you don't. It's because the clausometer is so low, and it hasn't been that low. But normally, he'd be high above the clouds, and no one would notice him. The Iraq War claims yet another victim. Damn you, Bush and Blyer. There's no Christmas spirit anymore, Kevin. Is that why Zoe Deschanel's got such a poor noodle technique? That was fun. Come on now. I've seen better chopstick action in a fucking pot noodle ad than I did in this scene. Whoa. I'm just saying, man. She didn't even bring it up to her face. Come on now. Yeah, Santa's here, and he's like, hey, I need an elf's help. And Buddy's like, I'm not an elf. I can't do anything right. You're more of an elf than anyone I've met. 
and there's the big emotional swirling music, and I got really caught up in it. And yeah, Jovi, Joe Dashnell, she's eating noodles, watching the news, and the news cuts to a man in an elf costume walking around Central Park. She's like, oh no, oh there he is now. Gag that I loved there was that it was pretty much identical to the the Bigfoot footage or whatever. I love that. He has so I love his comedy gait. That that fucking perfect walkabout. It was so good. It was very good. So Michael and Walter, the dad and little son, they find the missing sleigh engine and they're reunited with Buddy. Everything's happening nice and quick. I do like that. And so quick that you're not going to have any moment for James Conn to be like, wait a minute, so like, did I buy those gifts all those years or is it that my son is bad and I had to buy him the gifts? Are there kids who would have gotten gifts for free? Like an adult, you said, I'm on a naughty list. If I'm good, does that mean that I get free gifts as an adult, which I can then give to my kids or are they only for me? It seems to me that these are unknown desires in some cases. There's a lot to unpack and we move too fast to even dwell on it. Don't matter what matters is that he loves his son. He says, you're my son and I love you. But Yay. what I'll do is I'll leave you with all those thoughts over a the nice long Christmas now. You can never think Th- about that. Thank you, Kevin. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Now, how do you feel about the Central Park Rangers? Oh my god, this was so funny. They're like ring raids, Sam. It's so funny. Oh, what is this? It's weird injected villainy here that they just have to... Because there's not really a villain of this piece. No, no. You get the publisher guy, but there's antagonists for scenes and someone needs to chase them and create a sense of like... But we need to have that final showdown thing. Gotta get to gifts real quick. And they're kind of patchy in some respects of the lore surrounding the... What are they? The, the Central Park rangers yeah who are hyped up as being overly enthusiastic yahoos and yeah. i didn't have the heart to look it up and see if it was true they're like they're still facing investigations about their handling of the simon and garfunkel concert in 1985 and like whoa that could be a real thing and then later on santa's like years ago i put them on the naughty list and they've dedicated their lives to trying to catch me ever since what oh god yeah there is some, <laughs> some weird deep lore here about this relationship between <laughs> the central park rangers and Santa. On Spider-Man's watch, no less. And your fucking Miles Morales as well. <laughs> so, Santa, he demonstrates that Christmas spirit makes the sleigh fly. Oh, yeah. Because he gives Michael a huff, a genuine huff skateboard. Now, huff, obviously, were licking their chops with that sponsorship spot. I can't remember if they're a real brand or not. They must be. I think they were. How can you were not know this? Huff are real, aren't they? Have you huff. ever customised a skater? Or are you, are you like, when you play skate, are you like, do you pick, like, Luigi and the Green Comet still or whatever? And you just, like, somehow play as this character in a different games such as your insistence <laughs> on playing as this character Just doing kickflips on that little bike <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the, the clawsometer works when you get that Christmas spirit. It, it goes a lot for very little. The boy is just told he's going to get this huff board, and the boy's avarice over admittedly a very dated gift is enough to make it hover. Yeah, so therefore, if we can get everyone on the same page, we can make it fly for ages. But his very smart suggestion of, can't we just put the camera on you and then everyone will know the Santa, he's like, no, because Christmas is about believing, not seeing. Which is a kind of a, a faith argument. It's true. And the follow-up yeah. argument of seeing is believing would leave a lot to be desired about your discussion points there please santa yes so the rangers are coming but buddy's got a plan yeah he's gonna chant elvish and make horse water come and fuck him up little michael has nicked the nice list and oh this now james khan is wearing a santa outfit for some reason it doesn't do anything but that was a bit of fun where were you in 2003 when this massive data breach occurred where the fucking <laughs> whims of everyone oh what are you thinking again for christmas hang on Oh, no. Just publishing it on the news. It's like WikiLeaks all over again. Has that happened to you when you've been doing a 
little bit of Christmas shopping, yeah. and it might be online because you're not allowed to go to the shops. Wickedly and talented. Then, <laughs> and, then the, and the wickedly talented <laughs> checkout assistant yeah. decides to change all of your ads if you've not checked out yet, or even if you have. Mm. And you're on Instagram one day, and it's like, whoa, it's your partner's fucking gift. Yeah, I know. Too many close calls this That's year. That's the issue with these tailored ads, you know. Come you on didn't now. get that back then. But you might have a little boy reading out your Christmas wish list to everyone, which includes Dirk Lawson wants a nice day of pampering at a spa, but he's a biker dude, and he's sat in a bar. He shouldn't like those things. Oh, what? Oh, and he points silly. out that there's probably like lots of other people like that, and it's yeah. easy peasy. So maybe it's not that harsh to date a breach. Tell you what I loved. I loved the weird little subplot that was just kind of in there for the writers, it felt like, mm. of the, the universe that was the Channel 1 news station from New York, and the recently hired Charlotte from Buffalo, New York, who was yeah. in the big... There was just so many like little like high end like There's... you were just watching another show or something. I love that. And, like when she's talking to a guy, like let me tell you, Carl, what I like about you is that you you look great and you do the news real justice. He's like got the passion for her. Like. That was thingy off Veep, Matt Walsh or something himself. Sure, yeah, the, that guy. He was there. There he was. There is the whole little mini thing going on with the news reader that I, you, if you don't follow it, you don't follow it. But if you look into it, it's like oh, something's happening there. As someone who used to spend a lot of time in two thousand and three looking at clips on eBaum's world etc of real life instances of there being tension between colleagues on local news stations yes, yes. that's pretty much how I spent my first two or three years on the internet I appreciated this you a appreciated lot it. and that's why you're there and I'm here <laughs> <laughs> So, hey, how are we going to get everyone feeling Christmassy? We're going to get Zoe Deschanel to sing a little song to spread some cheer for everyone in the crowd to hear. I got excited because I thought, this is Zoe Deschanel at the height of her manic pixie dream girl, you know, Mm -hmm. fresh out of the shiny rapper powers. Yep. And I thought, right, here we go. Zoe's going to do a little bit of what I like to think is Flash Choir, where everyone starts singing a nice Christmas song. Yeah. And at the end of the first bit, not when everyone comes in, they start playing music, but when they all start singing together... Oh, it sounded grim. I don't know if I had the fucking joyless buffer, the joyless the jo- filter. joyless cut of this. The, the joyless jo- cut. Watch well, not cry. And like the mean is like, Bew! It's sort of what would happen if you did try and do that and they weren't all trained singers and they weren't all, you know, like a, a troop of people doing a flash mob. Problem is, is that Zoe doesn't know how to rile up a Christmas crowd like Nobby would. He has to go, come on, Kate! Then they take the hard bit and yeah. everyone would be like oh we better do it for the kids you know I don't reckon Zoe could do the it's Christmas bit you know I, I, to be fair to her you know she's got range but I don't think she could pull that off so the engine is bust but mm. New York is like oh you mess with Santa Claus you mess with all of us <laughs> and they're there to try and help them out with the Christmas cheer yeah yeah because all the singing is then broadcast on the news so everyone around New York at least is singing along and clausometer fills up. And what I didn't realise is that when the clausometer reaches maximum, that Santa can show you his real form, which is this 64-bit weird fucking cutscene Santa on your PS1 disc. Or- yeah. Oh, it's a Christmas miracle. They're flying away. Everything's okay. Love 
love mm-hmm. love this little happy end where they put a little bow on things yeah. I thought it was very cute I was screaming at James Caan going make your son do the book you fucking asshole I was doing the whole movie I'm glad <laughs> make that your son do the fucking book and I'm, I'm really glad that James Caan listens to me yes he did very, I felt yeah. hurt there as a result and I liked them going back up and tying up the button with the elf dad and all that that was very very yeah, nice lovely Jovi and Buddy have had a little baby and a baby as well for Christmas yeah Yes, and we end on a little visual goof of Bob Newhart saying, oh, come here to me, little one, talking about the baby. But then Will Ferrell sits on his lap because he's still goofy old buddy making little mistakes. And we don't actually have to spend any time wondering about, like, because you see him at Christmas with the family and having a nice mm. time. And is it like, has he learned how to act in the human world? Has he lost some of that like childlike innocence? Has it gone away? Or will the fire be extinguished? The movie's over now. And (laughs) I love that the movie was able to just, it felt lighter than air. It was so nice. It comes in, it does what it needs to do, and it gets out of there, doesn't it? It's, yeah. To the point of which, at the end here now, I'm actually thinking, having discussed it with you, I realise, like, things that I might have complained about. Because I remember reading, like, I remember Hot Dog Magazine gave this three stars, and they said it was mm-hmm. nothing special. Empire gave it a low rating as well, and that, that was movies as far as I was concerned when, yeah. I, when this came out. And I think there are a lot of little nitpicky things, until you really think about, like, when you're watching the movie, it's Christmas time, mm. the backdrop of Christmas, this is a very functional movie, and I really appreciated that. Any yeah. movie where I feel I can have a little walnut whip and juice to nap at some point is fine by me and I think it may give it an extra wiped star as a result oh hey so hey overall did you enjoy Elf I had a grand old time honestly any complaints I'd have about like something dodgy or something in poor taste or anything like that very very minor and if you're going to pop on something like Scrooge or something like or anything else you know you're going to find anything of that ilk it is Kind of, like, a little sad to me that there's not more movies like this. Where, like, I can't see why you can't take names in comedy and put them in, like, just a family... That that seems to have kind of gone. We've got, like, Jeff Bridges being this weird fucking fantasy Santa and a lot of animated stuff. Mm. And, you know, Disney are churning out the usual. But I feel like someone's missed a trick here. How is, like, how is this penetrated Primark and not fucking Hollywood again? Make another one! Well, right. Or, so this, or something like it. Yeah, something similar, <laughs> yeah. Not, no, not another one. He's had his time. <laughs> I think this has kind of developed in its esteem in terms of people loving it as a Christmas film. I think it's mm. just got bigger and bigger and bigger as time has gone on it's become a bit of a modern classic there has been you know a sequel pondered people john favreau's talked about it but will ferrell has pretty much always insisted that he doesn't want to do it unless there's a really good story to justify it and i'm struggling to think of what that story would actually be okay easy story is the kid is you said no because fuck fuck that i'm not gonna think about seek son of elf be Bobby of Susie is the name Susie and he picks up <laughs> yeah. you know, funny lady who never gets to be like a Christmas fucking Hollywood big release and yeah. there you go we could have a funny lady be Elf 2 and he could still be in it that means I wasn't actually clamoring for a sequel I just mean like d- d- a similar thing why yeah. have they not just put a big comedy name in Christmas film because like I've watched such fucking bin water at Christmas because I'm I'm honestly I'm so fucking game for a Christmas movie yeah I watch Bad Mom's Christmas, even though Bad Mom's really led me to believe I wouldn't enjoy it. Mm. Bad Santa. I watched Bad Santa too for some reason. And look, they're, I'm not saying and they're, they're all famously ter- bad. <laughs> but all they're not like, so bad. <laughs> they're not like so, 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 so bad. It's the point is like, 
I it's a low bar to entry for me of like I want to yeah. watch a Christmas movie and this feels like it's successfully cleared that low bar you give mm. me a big name give me some nice big visual gags a couple of smart bits in there for mom and dad or whatever fucking love it that's great this is a fucking little gem it really is it's a nice time is this going to slot its way into your Christmas watching I guess playlist stack of DVDs are you going to have a, a DVD copy of Elf on the shelf from now on Kevin uh, yeah that rhymes yeah 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 is it going to become one of your Christmas movies that you'll go to? Now when Joe's saying, oh, or, or other people are saying, oh, let's watch Elf, will you will you want to watch Elf? I mean, I figure I would. You'd like honestly. to give this another watch, you know, at Christmas time, next Christmas. You mentioned in there that there's kind of like backgroundy bits and bobs and all that, and I feel mm. like it's always a good mark of a movie if I watch it, and I, I mean, I've only done two of these reverse swirls, and both mm. times I've been like, I enjoyed watching this movie but i felt my enjoyment was potentially hampered by me having to take notes and then do a podcast about yeah, it yeah yeah so if it takes me enough that i want to go watch it again without having to do notes yeah i will definitely watch elf again this is very fun because i popped this on at the weekend before recording this and not anything to do with the recording i just popped it on to kind of refresh my memory but just to watch it without really thinking about it mm-hmm. it's a lovely one to just have on yeah to make you feel Christmassy. it really 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 works so kevin hey All that's left is for me to ask you about the film Elf that we've watched together at Christmas. Well, how many white stars, because it's reverse swirl, remember, would you like to give this one? You've heard of Elf on a Shelf, but you've got Elf all over yourself. Jesus Christ, look at you, give me, wipe that off you there. Now, Sam, all the asterisks and buffs have to be considered. Mm -hmm. They duly have been, and I'm happy to give this a holly jolly for wiped stars. Well, you heard it here first. Oh, hey. oh, oh. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Reverse Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and hey, I also did the music. If you're after more swirl content, or you just want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl is the place to go. On the socials, we are at cinemaswirl on Twitter, and on Facebook, we are facebook.com forward slash cinemaswirl. If you've got bits and bobs for the mailbag, then send them on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening and for your support this year. It's been a wonderful year for the swirl, and we'll see you soon. Bye.